in the Facebook. Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Yes, kids love can take us there. Happy Fourth of July and welcome to the Adam Sank Show. For the first time since March 7th, we are coming at you live. JB, how are my levels? If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, July 4th, 2020 at dnrstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs, leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Hey, if you are listening live, call in and talk to us at 844-825-5367. We have no guests today. It's just me, Ryan, and JB uh, shooting the shit, pulling our puds, getting caught up, and we'd love to have you part of the conversation. So call us. Once again, that number is 844-825-5367. If you're on hold for a while, don't give up. I'm going to get everyone on the air who wants to be on the air. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, and most importantly these days... Get your official ass merch. I know of two listeners who have already gotten their shirts. I have yet to receive anything that I ordered, but it's, uh, I'm told it's coming. There are t-shirts, tank tops, even a onesie for your baby. The link to get all merchandise is at adamsank.com. Also, podcast award nominations are now open. So please go to podcastawards.com and nominate the ass in two categories, the Feast of Fools LGBTQ category and the Adam Curry People's Choice Award categories. Where's the bell? That's oh, right here. It's on Ryan's side. We're on, we're, you guys, there's <laughs> thick plastic dividing all of us here. Um, what else? Okay, now it is my great pleasure to officially welcome back into the studio the piggiest of pigs, my co-host and partner in crime, Ryan Frostig, along with our producer, the queen of fuckery herself, J.B. Bercy. Yes. It feels it's good me. to be back. Welcome back, We're y'all. Back. It is so nice to be seeing you, albeit behind There's layers some, of yeah. thick plastic. I feel like we're in a mobile I army hospital in Korea, circa <laughs> 1956. Um, but it's a new world. Thank God. We're here. I, st- I still this is not over the phone. No I one has know. to pre-order oh. anything. Calls are coming in. Oh we're not going to take calls just yet, but, uh, but stay on the line. It's very exciting. Um, you guys, uh, I don't Hi. even know where to begin. What, let, let's start with, I really actually want to talk to JB first. I know you're eating your bagel. Huh. <laughs> don't, don't this is JB's first bagel in, what, three months? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How, what was it like for you? Because I, I sort of knew what was going on with Ryan, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you or see you. Okay. So what have the past three months been like? So for me, as most of you guys know, I'm an introvert and I'm a gamer. So I just sit in my house and gaming. But then things happened. George Floyd happened. So I went to go protest that. I got I, I got tear gas. I didn't like no. it. Yes, what? I didn't like it. I had to get water from my face. And, Jesus. And then I went to the gentrification the gender fire protest, which I like, because it was more, 
There, there, I didn't get tear gas that time. It was, it was more, the songs were really catching. Mm-hmm. Well, protests are better if the music's good and you don't get tear gas. Yeah, it was like, fire, fire, gentrifier, fire, fire, gentrifier. Yeah, Black yeah. people used to live here. Black mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, uh, that was my exercise. So yeah. I did that. Good. And that's about it. How many protests did you attend altogether? Two. Because, you know, travel fee, I take the trade. And, right, because you live in bitch. East Bumfuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you were, so you were fine, basically, because you like being inside by yourself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the only, only hassle is was always trying to get into my inbox. I'm like, it were quarantine. What, what the fuck are you trying to do? No, no, get out. Wait, someone's trying to get into your what? And they were trying to get to my goodies. And they can't have mm. my goodies because we were in quarantine. Now, normally you would be psyched about this because you're be, always complaining yes. that you don't get enough dick. Yes, I would. But no, I'm following the rules. I don't want to get sick. Good for you. Yeah. I, I think quarantine did make sex like even more exciting for people because it was so forbidden and taboo. I think everyone got real horny. And by everyone, you mean you. Well, I certainly had my horny moments. Uh, Ryan, you also sound very quiet to me. I uh, sound very loud to me. It's weird. When we did the, the you know what I think? I told pro- you. He's, oh, he's I know what loud. it is. I know what it is. <laughs> oh. My headphones were not all the way plugged in, so now everything just got <laughs> Can you hear me, dear? I can hear everything loud and clear. I apologize if I was screaming earlier in the show, but I couldn't hear yeah. myself. Well, here we are. Brian, hey. what, what were the, hi, hello. Hi. What were the high points and low points of quarantine for you? Um, The low points... We're, it, it basically just the uncertainty of what the fuck is going on in this country and just feeling very um, uh, displeased with the way that we as as a collective, as a nation, are dealing with this pandemic and dealing with um, racial injustice. So just like experiencing that and just feeling kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Why can't we like take a step forward and actually like make some change in this in this country and obviously that's because trump's in the white house but um yeah so that was definitely the low point i guess the high point was just like having time to not do anything like catch up on tv that i haven't seen or you know eat i mean you were (laughs) yoga you were already before quarantine one of the laziest people i know you know and you say that frequently but i actually was very active planet, i had a very do it. busy life and then suddenly it was like just like all pulled away and you know we're stuck inside for a couple months well i'll be honest with you guys i mean i obviously i wish this had never happened thousands are dead families are mourning right. um you know people have lost their jobs in in on mass and i wish none of it had happened but I must confess, I love working from home. Yeah. If you're fortunate enough during this time to have your job and to work from home, it is the greatest. I used to work from home mm-hmm. normally before I had this job. I worked for, from home for three years. And I'll tell you something. I'm better. I'm a better employee. I get more work done. I am more focused. I'm more on call. Like if you email me at 9 o'clock from work, I'm going to fucking email you back. Yeah. You know. But I have a life. I can walk my dog. I can go take a bike ride. I can go to the grocery store. I can go to the doctor. If I have to see a doctor, I don't have right. to like schedule that, you know? So that's been the upside for me. And also uh, my next door neighbor, Eric, who I didn't even know before all this happened has become like my buddy. Mm-hmm. And we spent like every day together. Yeah. We, we watched RuPaul Paul every Friday night. We walked our dogs together three times a day. So having 
And it's not romantic, but having someone like that for me was important because you were in Brooklyn with Boy Wolf. I know. Scott was in Astoria with Justin. And you two are the people that I play with the most. Right. <laughs> so I would have been like, I would have been fucked. You would have been either. a very lonely, lonely boy. Can I comment man. on this working from home stuff? Please. I admire working from home. But, okay, my computer is old. This is old as my sister, my, my oldest sister. I think she's nine now. <laughs> so it can't handle they all this audio. They were born on the same day. <laughs> Pretty much. It can't handle all this audio editing that I've been doing, and it's been rather slow, so I'm really glad to be back in the studio. Well, you did a great job, and thank you, because you were holding this thing together with clothespins and scotch tape. Yes, JB. <laughs> and uh, and I, if I can just toot my own horn for a moment. I did create a brand new podcast every single week. Yes, you did. Uh, you sure did. It, you, you did all the hard You work. couldn't always hear it. <laughs> there were some, you know, there bumps some in the road glitches. here and there. But I did my At best, too. And, uh, and it was a very different process than the way we do it now. It's In some ways, I liked it more, but this is so much better in terms of the audio quality. You can, I have both of you yeah. here, and we can all hear each other. And uh, the guests, when, when we do phone guests yeah. now, they won't sound like they're a million miles away. But, I do um, miss being completely, like, vertical, just in bed. Naked. Just completely naked. <laughs> eating. Stoned, eating, mm. doing the pod. Yeah, I also did start smoking pot again. Uh, after years of not doing it and watching porn again. So those are both back in my life. You know what? So far they're not a problem, but Good. I have to keep an eye on them because I, I tend to become sort of a a stupid, lazy, horny zombie. <laughs> in times like these, I think we can all... You can that. relate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, who's the caller, JB? Is there still a uh, caller? Yes, Gail. Oh my God. Oh my Gail, God. welcome back to the ass. How are you, my dear? You guys are alive. We're Where's live, Gail. It's a bad fucking time. Gail, <laughs> yeah, I think. What's a girl got to do to talk to a couple of gay guys? I know. Honey, how's it been for you down in uh, in MB? Well, this is Trump country, country and Ugh. they're assholes. So I walk into a store with a mask on, and half of them aren't, and they look me up All and down Karens. like I'm the annoying person. And and I even had one guy pick on me when I was waiting for Lowe's to open one morning. Oh, you really think that is cute? And he didn't, and he laughs and looks at his friend like he's a big man because he's picking on the five-foot woman. Yeah. So I just looked at him and I said, I have 25 years of medical experience. Who do you think knows more? And then I just walked away. Yes! Good for you, honey. I I mean, I can't even imagine, because here in New York... You know, it hit us first, and our governor and our mayor were so diligent and and took this so seriously that from the beginning, they were like, everything is shut down, everyone's in masks, um, all of these extra precautions, and those fucking Republican governors and that moron in the White House were like mocking us and laughing at us and saying like, oh, you're so stupid. Meanwhile, we are down to like almost zero cases, uh, and our hospitals are empty now. And everywhere else, they're fucking, uh, it's increasing exponentially because they didn't just follow common sense and science. We were all listening to Cuomo's daily messages on CNN every day. And Good. it made me miss New York. I missed Long Island. And, and he made me feel like I was getting a warm hug and mm. that everything is okay. I'd like a so warm hug from him. He, yeah. did, he did good. He did good. All across the United States. Gail, did you listen to uh, every episode of The Ass while we were... Uh... I did. Like a good girl. 
She also emailed me what she did. I did enjoy those emails. I got some emails from her. I like the, the pictures of the, the wild animals outside your house. <laughs> the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I worry about you guys. We're fine. Listen, we're doing great compared to everywhere else. Yeah. And yeah. You should see us right now. Derek and Romaine have set up these <laughs> plastic it's like a shower tents. curtain. Yeah, we're all in the shower right now. But we're all in separate showers. <laughs> yes. I heard about the shower curtain. It's oh. good, though. I mean, listen, thank God, God bless them for taking these precautions and for letting us back into the studio so we can talk to people like you. So listen, I have, yes. I have one request for, for a T-shirt from you. Okay. I think it should say, if my butt says no mas, more. Ah. <laughs> oh, and on the back, you could put that on the front, and on the back you could put, nope, I'm lying. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't do backs with this company um, because it only works on one product. You can't do it on all the products. So I just figured, because originally I was going to have spread that ass on the back of each shirt, but it didn't work out. But maybe... You don't do backs with- those poor, those poor bottoms. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, which, um, who's going to wear besides you? Who's going to wear a shirt that says, "I think your butt is telling you no mas por favor." I think there'd be a few bottoms that would. I don't have the bottom sound effect anymore, JB. Do you have it? Bottom, bottom. There you go. No, I don't. <laughs> we need to get that back. All right, baby. Great to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being our first caller. Good to chat I with you, Gail. I love you guys. Stay healthy. Love I you. love you, love too. You. Keep wearing your mask and tell those fucking Trump people to go away. Oh, believe me. I have no problem mouthing off to these clowns down here. <laughs> Good. Love Bye. you, baby. Bye, guys. Ciao. Um, before we get into, and please guys keep calling 844-825-5367. We want to know how you're doing. Uh, before we get into our stories du jour, uh, we started a segment during the shutdown, which was like recommended viewing. And I think it was, um, helpful. I had a lot of listeners email me and say, I've, I've watched all of you and Ryan's suggestions. So my latest recommended viewing is Hamilton on Disney plus, which I saw last night and bawled my fucking eyes out. What a masterpiece. Um, the 1933 movie 42nd Street, mm. which is very different from the Broadway musical that they did in the 80s. Some of the same characters and like one or two of the same songs, but a very, it, it was done before the Hayes Code, which was that code that like you couldn't say this, you couldn't have that. It was this very strict morality code in movies. Right. It was one of the last movies made before the code, so it's kind of dirty. Mm. And uh, there's great lines in it. Like there's this one slutty character named Anytime Annie. Yes, Anytime Annie. And one of the guys goes, the only time she ever said no is when she didn't understand the question. Oh, <laughs> great lines. And the last thing uh, on a more serious note is I finally watched the documentary 13th, which was shattering. Yeah. And um, very timely. It was made before uh, George Floyd's murder, but definitely, you know, in the midst of so many other police involved murders. And um, it basically it proves beyond a reasonable doubt that slavery never ended in this country. It just moved to a different form and mass incarceration and forced labor of prisoners is just a continuation of slavery. And it's deliberate and it's systematic and it was set up to be a continuation of slavery. It really, you know, all of this is making me rethink everything. You know, today's the 4th of July. Yeah. And I think about the fireworks and the American flags waving and the patriotism and all that shit that I grew up with. 
And now I feel like I was raised in the handmaid's tale. Do you know? I feel like we didn't, we were like in this bubble. We had no idea that we were celebrating oppression. I mean, and, and even if you put aside slavery and our treatment of African-Americans, we've, Massacred Native Americans. We yeah. stole this country from them. This country is built on murder and slavery. That's it. Correct. That's what we're celebrating. That's what the flags and the fireworks are about. And fucking Trump at Mount Rushmore last night. And, and it's like, I, I'm so sickened and I don't know what to do about it because I feel like my whole life has been a lie. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. It's, I'm not, this is not a happy 4th of July. This no. Is, this used to be a day where we would celebrate. We would be proud to be american but it's like i am not proud and we really we really didn't know jb like even with liberal parents and Mm -hmm. and i was taught about racism and i was taught about slavery so i thought but we didn't know what it was like for people who weren't white in this country so here's the funny thing i grew up believing fourth of july is not about not being american it's about just spend time with your family and going to barbecues because that's what we as a black community did we and you know we stole fireworks, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> but that's that's what we. Did. It wasn't about being American. It's just about oh, we lived another year. Every day get shot. Let's party. And it's more about that. Yeah. Then what it is to be American? Because I I don't know what it is to be American. I'm I just am. Yeah. I think that that should be it. And it reminds me of this conversation I had with a, a black woman on Sirius XM. I was on John Fugelsang's show, and he was her producer. Uh, I think she was like a producer intern, and it was her last day, so he had her on the air. She was like, white people have been freaking out about Trump for three years like it's something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for us, we're like, how could this happen in America? Yeah. And black people are like, of course, of course. this could happen this in America. You think this is the worst thing that's ever happened in America? Have right. you been living under a rock? What's, what's going we on? We have. <laughs> so anyway, all of this is to say watch 13th. It's difficult, but necessary. Yes. I would like to add on to this Please. watch list. Uh, if you guys are feeling a little Black Lives Matter, there's a couple of comedians I think you guys should watch. Marlon Wayne's Wokish is a great, a great stand-up. Another one is Michael Chet. Chet? Che. Che. From SNL. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matters. That that's a great stand. I think I think you guys should start with matters, and then go to Wilkish because it it pretty much explains how we how how we talk to our okay. Marlon Wayne talks about how he talks to his kids about dealing with the cops and where the way we deal with the cops is like pretty much slavery service. Like yes sir, no sir. Look them dead in the eye. Don't look them in the eye. Try to avoid conflict. And but with the way you guys are raised to talk to cops is like if they disrespect you. You get authoritative. You get things done, but we get beat down. So it, it's nice. Watch it. Uh, I love Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Che. I only know from SNL, but I'll definitely check out yeah, his it's, special it's too. It's a good. It's it's really good. I was very surprised, but it's good. Also, dear white people. Yeah, that, that I am watching. Okay. I I'm like five episodes watching. in. We, well, that was now, one of Ryan's recommendations. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just about to wrap the third season. Yes. Uh, it's so amazing. So well written. So well acted. So it's amazing. My recommendation is my new obsession, my favorite show on TV right now, which is Legendary on HBO. Legendary. <laughs> now, this past Pride Month, I, I spent a lot of time trying to give back and support black trans women, trying to amplify their voices, trying to understand and hear and listen. And this is a show that like is showcasing black trans excellence and showcasing the ballroom scene and showcasing... Um, this legacy and this like history in such a 
um, celebratory way. It's it's really exciting. It's like um, it's a reality show. It's kind of like um, so you think you can dance, you know, but it's more about um, instead of the individual, it's the house, like the house of um, you know, house of Ebony, the house of Lanvin, the house of um, Balenciaga, all of these like major houses from uh, Paris is burning, but um, it's it's so inspiring and voguing and ballroom and all of like the categories. It's so um, extensive and it's so fascinating to me. And it, like you know, I've been watching Drag Race obviously for all these years, yes. and and uh, it really does sort of expose that like everything that Drag Race is comes from the ballroom scene. It all comes from trans people, black trans people yes. who, um, you know, are the pioneers of, of the way that we as, you know, white cis gay men talk and, and communicate because it all came from mm-hmm. black trans people. Can we talk about how it blows my mind that during the Black Lives Matter, so many gay faggots came out and said, I will not support the Black Lives Matter because they have support gay people. Bitch! You know, black people started your, your gay yeah. movement. JB, I have to tell you, I didn't see that on among my social media world. Everyone, every white gay guy I know was like throwing Feeling, themselves into yes. BLM because we realized that like we we should have been there all along. Okay, so Derek or me, I don't think they use their Twitter often. And so they just have the stockpile of people who they follow. And it's just a... They're garbage. Yeah, garbage people. Derek and Romaine listeners, you're garbage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some then, of you are lovely people. But, but, but then they follow Max, uh, Max Connor, which I think is super, super hot and been mm. really involved in this movement. So I've been really following his feet. Not for the porn, but for the... Um, sure. Oh my God. No, because he, he made a thing about um, <sighs> black, black gay men in the porn industry and mm-hmm. how they have to look better like fucking Greek goddess to be in porn rather yeah. than the white people who just like crackheads. No offense. That's right. I saw that. Any other calls? No. Unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, let's get down to stories then. As Gail was just telling us, uh, in other parts of the country, they are not taking the coronavirus seriously. Um, so this hit Atlanta, uh, a club that I remember from when I lived in Atlanta. It's still there. It's called The Heretic. We used to call it the Harry Dick, mm-hmm. kind of like the Eagle of Atlanta, at least when I was there. It was like the dirty bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, a video uh, went viral showing a circuit party, indoor circuit party, packed club, wall-to-wall queens, no PPE, but a little bit of PNP. <laughs> the club's owner initially said that the club would remain open. Why? Why are any nightclubs open right now anywhere in the world? Uh, despite having had reported cases of COVID-19 at his venue. But now, finally, the owner has backtracked and canceled all future events. He posted, quote, out of an abundant, well, he's Southern, so, out of an abundance of caution, we've decided to postpone all scheduled events until further notice so we can continue to gather more information and adjust our operation accordingly. Sure, Queen. Needless to say, uh, cases of COVID-19 in Atlanta have soared, since the lockdown restrictions were eased in April. Um, you may remember that early, early on in the pandemic, the winter party in Miami uh, turned out to be a breeding ground in more ways than one <laughs> for coronavirus. And I have to just defend the people who organized that party and attended that party. That was like really early before there was any guidelines. Sure. It's not like someone told them not to have the party or not to go to the party. We were just living our damn lives then. 
So, and isn't that <clears> party? I mean, I'm not f- super familiar with all the circuit parties, but that one's a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser, and it's outdoors mostly. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I feel bad that people got sick at the at the uh, winter party, and I think we shouldn't be shaming them for it. It wasn't like this was last week. This was no, like right. I think it was like the end of February. Yeah, even. it's not like the Rona rave. Meanwhile, here's a story I've been following out of San Diego, another place I used to live, uh, involving a Starbucks barista and a Karen. This Karen, whose real name is Amber Lynn Giles, is one of these stupid bitches who refuses to wear a mask because Trump won't wear a mask. So she walks into this Starbucks in San Diego without a mask, and the barista, this adorable young man named Lennon, tells her, I'm sorry we can't serve you unless you wear a mask. So she flips out, takes a picture of him, puts it on her social media, and writes, meet Lennon, which she misspells, from Starbucks, who refused to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Next time, I will wait for cops and bring a medical exemption. Okay, those are <sighs> bullshit. They don't exist. They're, those are, those are handmade by Karens. Of course. Who There's have no fucking... too much extra time and likes to do arts and crafts. No one's, no one's health is compromised by putting on a paper mask. And if it is, stay the fuck in your house. Right. Don't yeah. go to Starbucks. You can, you can have someone else go pick up your fucking Starbucks. You're not old lady who needs to just walk around with oxygen tank who actually the mask will fuck her up. Right. But what's really, what's really uh, diabolical about this is it's that whole I'm calling the cops on you. She's a white woman. He's a, a Latin man. This oh. idea that you would call the cops for not being served. That's not what police are for. Right. That's not a crime. If you're pissed off, you can write a complaint to the store. You can, you can sue. You can file a lawsuit. That is not a police matter. When a white person threatens a person of color with calling the cops, that is, they're threatening their life. They're threatening at least violence. So she puts this on her social media thinking everyone's going to sympathize with her. And she got eviscerated, eviscerated. I mean, thousands of comments, uh, including from me. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, some random white guy in Orange County saw all this and decided to set up a GoFundMe for Lennon. His name is Lennon Gutierrez, by the way, um, to, to make up for the fact that he had been doxxed on social media and had this bitch in his face. And the GoFundMe raised $100,000. Yes. Here's Lennon thanking people for that. I just wanted to say thank you for all the love and support and that what everyone is doing is an honor to see all this happen. But I just want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and to love each other and always remember to wear a mask. He's so fucking cute, too. Have you seen him? No. He's, he's a little adorkable with his comic book mask. Mm, okay, Lennon. <laughs> and he's a dancer. He's going to use the money to go to dance school. Yes. That's oh, I love that. Not sure if he's gay. Hoping he is. But here's the punchline to all this. Amber Lynn Giles, which, by the way, is a perfect name for a Karen, Amber Lynn. Mm-hmm. She thinks she should get some of the money now. Uh, what? Of course she does. She said... I, uh, quote, I never threatened him. I just called him out on his actions. Bitch, his actions were following store policy. Uh, yeah. He I was never, doing his job. I never threatened him, and I've received death threats, thousands. It's very upsetting. It's very scary. She says she told local media that she deserves some of the money as it's being raised off of her name. This, oh, my God. The writer of this article says we're pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> 
So fuck you, Amberlyn Giles. We'll say your name again, Amberlyn Giles. That's with two L's. Look for her on Facebook. And uh, thank you, Lennon Gutierrez, for doing your job and being adorkable. That was a very lame bell. This is a new bell. It's blue. Oh, yeah, I think this is your bell. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, mm. let's see how this sounds. Uh, yes. How I ah. missed that. All this time, you know, I've been using a virtual bell on my phone, and it sometimes worked and sometimes didn't. Welcome home. <laughs> Meanwhile, the U.S. Embassy in Moscow did something shocking a couple weeks ago. They defiantly flew a rainbow flag. Work. Not only is this defiant against Russia, because Russia is super anti-gay. Correct. Right. And Putin especially has like a real issue with it. But also... Even he's sleeping with Trump. Yes. We're not supposed to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But also, Trump and Pence don't want the rainbow flags flying on U.S. embassies. They, they asked embassies to stop doing that, something they had done for eight years during the Obama administration. But uh, the U.S. ambassador to Russia, whose name is somewhere... Uh, uh, <laughs> he has a name, uh, and, has a name. and it's a name I want to say his name because he's like a good guy anyway he flew it anyway I, I really do worry for his job because this is the kind of thing that people get fired over right. in the Trump administration um, but can you really get fired for that for, honey, for doing something you've been doing for back, years first of all this administration fires people everybody. for literally no reason yeah. But especially ambassadors uh, serve at the, at the pleasure of the president, so he can recall them at any time. Uh, his name is John Sullivan, and he posted a video as well to the embassy's social media filmed against a rainbow background. It featured Russian subtitles so locals would understand his unequivocal message of support for LGBTQ rights. Um, he's a Republican. He was the former deputy secretary of state uh, under Trump. And... Uh, he said every year in June, members of the LGBTI community, what's I again? Uh, intersex? intersex. Okay. Come together with friends, families, and those who share their beliefs in equality to celebrate Pride Month. Meanwhile, this, just this week, Russia passed a, a, a terrible anti-gay law that basically makes um, same-sex marriage illegal forever in Russia. It was a referendum, and even the Russian people voted for it, so... Russia's mm. not a safe place to be gay right now, and Chechnya is even worse. But thank Ooh. God there's like... Who wants to go to Russia? Or Chechnya? They I'd like to go. Good. The guys are hot. Mm. Ugh, it's not worth it. No, I mean, I wouldn't go right now. Go to Amsterdam or someplace other mm. yeah. places. At least Amsterdam is free. You can fuck a hooker in the street in front of the police <sighs> while smoking <sighs> weed. Ryan, oh. calm down. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Having an orgasm with myself. Yeah. I want to just play all the sound effects because I miss them so much. Just take your time and. I want to hear Sam Jones. Ass over to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. Oh, you want to hear uh, Samantha? Uh-huh. Uh, where is that? There's something. There's something happening with men in the ass. Mm. I really do miss them. Yeah. Meanwhile, you guys, um, Marsha P. Johnson was celebrated and uh, um, memorialized by Google. The last month of June, which was Pride Month, of course, you know how Google, it's called a Google Doodle. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. you go to google.com, there's, there's frequently like a, an image that will be like whatever's happening that day or that week. There's like a Halloween doodle. There's a 4th yep. of July doodle. They made a Marsha P. Johnson doodle, and it was super cute. And they also made a $500,000 donation 
to the Marsha P. Johnson Foundation, Mm -hmm. which supports black trans women. Um, This follows a donation earlier this month that Google made of $2.4 million to the Trevor Project and around 70 other LGBTQ organizations. I just want to say for a moment, you know, like Ryan said, having Donald Trump in the White House is just such a fucking fiasco. But what's really lifted me up during this time, especially since the Black Lives Matter movement really reached a fever pitch, is how many corporations have stepped up. Yeah. They're really doing a lot of great shit. They're not just donating to worthy causes like that. They are boycotting Facebook. There's a massive advertiser boycott. Some of the biggest corporations in the country, like Unilever, because Facebook will not stop hate speech and they will not stop letting Trump and other Republican politicians blatantly lie, Mm -hmm. just fucking spread lies and disinformation. And people have been calling Facebook to do something about this, calling on Facebook for years, certainly since 2016. Yeah. And Mark Zuckerberg just says, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Free speech, free speech. And so these corporations are like, all right, we're done with you then. And now suddenly Facebook is like, oh, okay, we're going to work on this. So I just, yeah. it's like the government has failed us so spectacularly during this time. But there's so many good people and good companies yeah. that are stepping up. And whether they're doing it because their heart's in the right place or whether they're doing it for good publicity, I don't give a fuck. Well, good deeds are good deeds. This is... Um Somewhat related, but uh, we just had the New York primary. Yes, and um, I wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren because that's who I was, who I wanted to be president. Okay, and so I voted for her. And yesterday on her Instagram account, um, she let this uh, trans activist, black trans activist Raquel Willis, um, take over her account, mm. which a lot of people are doing, but. So the entire day was was spent, Raquel was on um, the live, like interviewing other black trans women. And that is the kind of person that I want to see. Like the fact that Elizabeth Warren did that, that's what I want to see in our leaders. I want to see our leaders. I want to see corporations. Mm -hmm. I want to see businesses lifting up trans women, putting them into power, giving them a platform and... So, you know, I'm happy that, like, you know, Google did the, the, the doodle. I'm not surprised that they did that, but I'm also glad that they're backing it up with a donation to the Mar- Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, ha- I'm happy that people are, are finally, you know. Also, think about the reach of Google. Like, we know who Marsha P. Johnson is, but the average American on the street doesn't. They have no right. fucking idea. Right. So suddenly it's like, oh, who's this? And if you click on on the doodle, it takes you to her Wikipedia page and you can learn all about her. I learned that she was raised in um, Elizabeth, New Jersey, which mm. is not far from where I'm from. And residents there have recently started a petition to replace a statue of Christopher Columbus with a statue of Marsha P. Johnson. The petition has already gotten 48,000 signatures. That's amazing. It only needs 50,000. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Marsha is finally getting her due decades after she essentially started the modern gay liberation movement with Sylvia Rivera. Meanwhile, this is exciting to me. Two New Yorkers are vying to be the first openly gay black men in the U.S. Congress. And it looks like they're both going to win. Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones, they're both Democrats, they lead in the primary races in New York's 15th and 17th congressional districts. You know, usually when we have elections... Uh, you find out that night 
who won. Right. This year, because of coronavirus, there were so many mail-in ballots and absentee ballots that we still don't know who won. And there were a lot of primary challenges. A lot of these Democratic stalwarts who had been there for decades were challenged in the way that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez challenged her Democratic opponent and won. Right. Um, the old guard is being replaced with people who are further to the left, um, very often people of color and very often LGBTQ people. So as I said, they're both leading in their race. Um, we could find out any moment which of them, uh, if not both of them, won. But um, it's exciting. It's yeah. historic. Yeah, it's amazing. We've had gay people in Congress. We've had black people in Congress. We've never had a black gay man in Congress. And now it looks like we're going to have two. Work. Black Jesus. And that leads me to a list. And you Great. know I love a list. We love a list. Queerty put together a list of nine queer political figures creating a more perfect union this election year. These are nine movers and shakers from across the LGBTQ spectrum. Some of them are elected officials. Some of them just hold positions. But uh, the first one is Mayor Lori Lightfoot. From Chicago. Yes, you know yes. her. She made history in 2019 when she became Chicago's first black female mayor and first lesbian mayor. Since taking office, she's been a powerful voice of the disenfranchised, standing up to everyone from homophobic police officers to ignorant city council members to Donald Trump himself. Number two is Tammy Baldwin. I always forget mm -hmm. that Tammy Baldwin is an openly gay U.S. senator. Yeah. She was the first. She's had a lot of firsts. In 93, she became the first openly lesbian member of the Wisconsin Assembly. During her six-year tenure, she took on President Clinton's Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy and proposed legalizing same-sex marriage in Wisconsin. In 98, she was elected to the U.S. House, becoming the first woman ever elected to Congress from Wisconsin. It took them to 98 for that to happen? Weird. Wow. And the first openly uh, queer person elected to the House of Representatives and the first lesbian elected to Congress. In 2012, she became the first openly LGBTQ person ever elected to the U.S. Senate. Work. Tammy Baldwin is also on the short list of people who Biden could choose. Wouldn't that be a yeah, kick in the ass? That'd be to have a lesbian VP. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think and hope he's going to choose a woman of color. I think he must. But Tammy Baldwin's pretty fucking great. Number three is Alex Lee. He is bisexual. Ooh. He's only 24. And he's running for uh, district seat 20, uh, District 25 in the California Assembly representing Alameda and Santa Clara counties. If he's elected, he would become the youngest Asian American the first openly bisexual, the first Gen Zer elected to the California State Assembly. Oh my god. Can you god. imagine being twenty-four and being an elected official? Like uh, where were you at twenty-four, Ryan? Sucking dick somewhere. I feel like I've done nothing in my life. I've done nothing. Oh my god. It's daunting when I read about people like Alex Lee. I know. Now I now it makes me want to assassinate these people. This is why people Don't get assassinated. Don't say that. Because they're doing better. It makes me feel bad about my life. Now I have to go and go um, to a shadow anyway. school to learn shadow ninja stuff. You just took it to a very dark place. <laughs> uh, no. But it is really exciting to see the next generation yeah. be excited about. I mean, I would, I, I feel like even when I was, when I was 24, I was still learning about You didn't even politics. know what a state assembly was. No, still don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know that each state has its own. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Anise Parker 
is president of the LGBTQ Victory Fund. She oversees efforts to get openly gay and uh, other queer candidates across the nation elected to all levels of government. Um, but she's well known in Texas because in 2010, she made history there, becoming the first openly lesbian mayor of a major city in America, in Houston. Remember when Houston had a lesbian mayor? Mm-hmm. That's her. That same year, Time Magazine declared her as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Wow. Really? In the world? In the world? Dios mío. In the world. Also in 2014, she was named the top U.S. mayor and the seventh ranked mayor in the world. So she's got a bright future ahead of her. She's, as I said, right now she's president of the LGBTQ Victory Fund, but I think Anise Parker could run for Senate or president. Mondaire Jones, we already talked about. Gina Ortiz Jones, no relation, is running for Congress in Texas's 23rd district, a mostly rural area that encompasses parts of San Antonio. The rural juror. Was <laughs> 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 that from? It's from 30, 30 Rock. Rock. Yeah. The, when Barbara Walters interviews her and says, Your latest film is The Rural Juror. And then the sequel to it was called Urban Fervor. That's a name that I see a lot on uh, Scruff and Grinder as a profile name. Rural Juror? Yeah. If elected in November, Gina Ortiz Jones would be the first LGBTQ person elected to Congress from Texas. John Blair, not that John Blair, mm. not, the part, not the club promoter. John Blair is running to represent New Mexico's third congressional district. If he's elected, he'd become the first openly gay member of Congress from that state. What makes his campaign really interesting is not only is he not hiding his gayness, he's kind of making fun of it. He's making it a part of his campaign. There's a lot of humor in his ads. He pokes fun at himself. So uh, John Blair in New Mexico is someone to watch. Alfonso David was named president of the Human Rights Campaign in 2019, making him the first civil rights lawyer and the first person of color to ever head that organization. Uh, and finally, you know, sometimes hyphenated names are not a good idea. No. Lauren Grow Wargo. Lauren Grow Wargo. Why is it so long? Why is the <laughs> name so long? <laughs> G-R-O-H-Wargo. She's the former campaign manager to Stacey Abrams, speaking of people who Joe Biden might choose as VP. Um, she's leader of something called Fair Fight Action. She's actually very important. She is working to get Democratic voters across the South registered and getting them out to the polls. You know, there's a real push to turn Georgia blue yeah. in 2020, and it might happen. And if it does, it'll be because of people like Lauren Grow Wargo. Good for you. Why don't now you just chop your day. Grow Wargo. Grow what? Just go grow Wargo. I wonder would I ever hyphenate if I got married? My name doesn't sound good with anything. I, I, uh, okay, here's how I think about uh, hyphenation. You should only hyphenate your name if you're the last of your line. Like, I'm the last Bercy. I'm the last. Yeah, I'm Bercy. the last Frosting. Yeah, so you should hyphenate your name or just trick your partner to take your name. Either way, if you're the last of your kind, do it. But if you're not. That puts a lot of pressure on me because I, think, I am the last Sank. I, I'm, I'm the only son of the only son. Mm, sank same. dies with me. Same. Frosting dies with me. But so, really, who gives a fuck? What are we, royal? I know. Yes, we are. I, I, you, should know, you should know where you came from. I don't know if I want to pass on. Royal. Royal. Come on. <laughs> Three different keys. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. I mean, I kind of like my name because it's weird. Yeah. There's not a lot of Sanks in the world. 
I think that if you were to hyphenate, your name would have to go last because that it sank. It like no, I think the sank, opposite. Yeah. Like I think if I married a guy whose last sank, name yeah. was like Johnson, I think like Adam Sank Johnson sounds better Adam than Johnson Adam Johnson sank. sank. Okay, I'm gonna Adam use Johnson. my ex as an example. We used to talk about this, and it was like. It, it, I was, his last name was Carpenter. I thought it was real. I thought it was real cute. Be like, oh, I could be JBC, uh, Jordan Bercy Carpenter. That sounds very bougie. I know because I'm a bougie bitch. But <laughs> that's the only reason I thought it was cute. Anyway, moving on. I like it. Uh, Rustic Leopold. I don't know. I. It's there's a lot. It, it's it's better when you've got one short name and then and then a longer name. Like when yeah. it kind of has like. Frost, That's why have to Frostic is a person. tough name because it's a, uh, it's it looks like a typo. Name. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should just change my name to Frosting. I mean, you already did social on social media, media accounts. Yeah. And Frosting has such um, positive connotations. Mm. Sweetness, creaminess. Come. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come. Let me say that one more time. Come. I missed, I missed this. Oh. I feel yeah. so alive. Um, I'm up to my last story, and it's only uh, 11.44. Well, I do. We'll still I have noticed. RPD yet. Yeah, we didn't miss a story. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know what? Let's, um, okay, let's do this. I just assumed you were waiting to the end so that you could give me ample time. I, I'm going to give you so much time, you're not going to know what to do with it. Oh, my it. goodness. Uh, let, let's do this one last story I have, and then we will turn the show over to Ryan, who's going to oh, do this one's a, actually really funny. a giant recap of um, everything that's happened on RuPaul over the past three months. But first, uh, lesbians on parade. Yes, congratulations, lesbians. You have two new members as of this month. Uh, first, actor Nikki Blonsky, who won a Golden Globe for her portrayal of Tracy Turnblad in the 2007 movie version of Hairspray, has come out on the viral video site TikTok. Everyone but me is on TikTok. Do I need to fucking join this? No. You know, no. I never joined Snapchat, and I feel like I dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dumb Gen Xer thing, and it's a lot of work. I mean, yeah, you do a little video editing, but who has time for that? Who has not time me? I made one. I made one TikTok video Get out. during quarantine, Get and it out. was me just saying because I was watching America's Next Top Model, like a whole marathon, all the seasons, and um, it was just me saying Tyra Mail, oh, yeah. Tyra Mail, Tyra Mail. Anyway, and did it go viral? Well, for me, it did. I only <laughs> have one video, and it 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 did pretty well. So good for you. Yeah. Well, on her. Um, on her social media, she released a video of Diana Ross's hit song, I'm Coming Out, with Blonsky lip-syncing and dancing. And then, in case there was any confusion on Instagram, she posted a graphic of confetti along with the words, I'm gay. <laughs> Dope. I'm a little surprised about Nikki Blonsky because, to me, she reads as classic fag hag. Not so much gay, but uh, good I for her. I think it's a stunt. What really? I don't know. I, I, I Nikki Blonsky has had some controversy over oh, the years with her family. Um, basically, well, I don't want to. I don't want to report uh, false information, but I would. I would recommend going to Google and searching Nikki Blonsky controversy, and you'll find a few things. You think this could be a a fake coming out? I mean, what is she really doing right now? What is where is her career right now? I feel like. If I was someone that kind of ha like kind of plateaued and now is trying to have some sort of you know notoriety, coming out sounds really great. And she could also come out and then go back in the closet. Isn't so that what you think in Sam Smith fuckery? 
<laughs> this is fuckery. how I feel about Faye Smith and his fuckery. I'm saying systematic fuckery is afoot. Okay. <laughs> Just a reminder, you can get your own uh, This Is Fuckery t-shirt from yes. the Adam Sank Show merchandise store. It might take Adam two Sank. years. Yes, they take a little <laughs> while to arrive, but uh, everything good is worth waiting for. Yes. You know, my problem with Nikki Blonsky is I can never tell her apart from Marissa Jarrett Winoker. <laughs> Who played, who played Tracy on Broadway. Oh they look goodness. a lot alike to me. I didn't know she won a Golden Globe for that. Um, you know what? They hand out Golden Globes like they're candy. You know, they have, that, they have that musical or comedy category, which yeah. is kind of a bullshit category. Yeah. Madonna won a Golden Globe. Uh-huh. No shade to Madonna. I love her, but she's not a good actress. Oof. Sorry, girl. But lesbians, back to you. Uh, your other new member is Taylor Schilling. The actress who plays Piper Chapman on the hit Netflix show Orange is the New Black. She came out uh, last week in an Instagram post by her girlfriend, a visual artist named Emily Ritz. Ritz posted an image of her and Schilling embracing outside. The caption said, I couldn't be more proud to be by your side, Tay J. Schilling. She's at Tay J. Schilling. Happy Pride. Schilling has been asked about her sexuality in the past. She's... uh, avoided applying a label or revealing the gender of her past partner. She, she once said, I think the question of my sexuality is pretty invasive. I've had very serious relationships with lots of people, and I'm a very expansive human. But uh, Ritz basically added her. And what's interesting about Taylor Schilling is that the character she plays on Orange is the New Black, Piper Chapman, is also bisexual. And I am right now reading the book, the the memoir, Orange is the New Black, by the real Piper, whose last name is really Kerman, Piper Kerman, she, too, is bisexual. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would cast Taylor Schilling, and I I believe it. I I get kind of a... I get kind of a... Who's that actress who who did all the Twilight movies? Kristen Stewart. I get a Kristen Stewart vibe from her. She's like a cool girl. Yeah. And uh, I think if I were a lesbian, I would be way into her. So congratulations, lesbians. Congrats. And please welcome Nikki Blonsky, who may be faking it, <laughs> and Taylor Schilling, who definitely is not. Stunt queen. All right, it's time to turn things over now to Ryan Frostegg, and thank you for reminding me. Um, the problem was I wasn't looking at the rundown. I was just sure, looking at my Jan. own little stories. So, Ryan, yeah. the one thing that really did keep me going throughout this difficult time is every Friday night... There was at least one, sometimes two, oh my God. RuPaul's series to watch without fail. Three, if you include Untucked. Yes. I mean... So looking back on all of it, what's, what's your take on um, the, the, the regular show, the, uh, that fucking yeah. celebrity version, all of, all of it, everything that happened? Shantae, you stay. I think that looking back, I mean, when the season began, which it began February 28th, um, it was it was a great episode. We were all so excited. You know, um, Drag Race UK in the fall was so successful, and everyone was loving it. And everyone kind of collectively said, "I think that the Drag Race um, franchise is back, and it's 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 on the right path." And season twelve started off fantastic until the following week when the Sherry Pie scandal broke, which was a con- a total game changer for the series. And then, you know, a week after that, two weeks after that, we had coronavirus. So we've never seen, and because of the way that the show films, um, like, a, you know, a year before, 
watching it through the lens of everything that was going on in in the drag race world, in the country, in the, in the world, um, it was it was very strange. It was very strange watching the the editors and the producers deal with the Sherry Pie scandal. Um, I felt for the girls, for the queens, not being able to like. Um, make money in the way that they would normally make money by going do, and doing all the gigs. Um, you know, I thought, I thought season 12 had a, had a, a pretty um, strong cast. And like when we got down to the final three, obviously not final four because Sherry was disqualified. Um, it was a super strong bunch. You know, you had Gigi Good, who was, had won the most challenges. You had Crystal Method, who was super creative and, and, um, and fresh in her ideas. And then you had Jada Essence Hall, who in my opinion was just drag excellence, just a poised, funny, smart um, queen that had really like paid her dues. Wasn't like, you know, 21 that she really had uh, been around in the scene. And so, you know, I'm happy because my winner won. I know that uh, a lot of people were um, uncomfortable with, Jada winning for some reason. They thought it should have been Gigi, which is fine. Gigi was great. But I think that what was interesting in the moment of Jada being crowned America's Next Drag Superstar is we were seeing the beginning of the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. So, I don't, I just, If I may speak up for a second, I don't know anyone who was unhappy that Jada won. I think everyone loved Jada. Well... I think if Are you, you saying on, hatred on, yeah, on those? Ugh, on, on, you got to get off those I know, toxic fan sites. I know, but it's not even just fan sites. It's like but if there's you go, so much tea in there. If you go to the RuPaul's Drag Race like Instagram account, Twitter, like the main account, the comments are being left there, and you know, I think it. I think it's partially has to do with the fact that the fan base is racist. I think that it's a lot harder to be a black queen than it is to be a white queen. We all know this. Mm-hmm. And I think Gigi, you know, she did really well, but I think it was really important for Jada to win. And not, and not just because she's black. She's really fucking good at drag. She is, she, she was amazing and I'm happy she won. Agree. Um, the celebrity drag race, you know, it had its moments. It was entertaining at times. I'm happy that they brought back some of the most popular, you know, most favorite queens, Bob the Drag Queen, uh, Monet, Alyssa, um, Asia, like it was, it was, it was great to see some familiar faces. I wish that, um, there wasn't such a weird divide between the Queens that got to be on television, got to, you know, make it the final cut and the ones that didn't, the ones that did the makeup behind the scenes. Um, so I don't know, it was fine. I felt like three and a half hours of drag race was way too much. I mean, we we didn't even watch Untucked. We we just like it was three hours, and then we were like, we're. It was exhausting. It's why I couldn't stay up that late. Why blow your load? Why blow all of your content in like a three or four month period? Why do that? I mean, they must feel really confident that they're going to be able to get back in filming because I would have I would have held on to Celebrity Drag Race since it's one of those things that can really premiere take place at any time it didn't need to happen when it did but it did i tried to hit the ejaculation sound effect when you said blow your load and now my (laughs) now my screen is completely gone (laughs) but um what i will say about uh all stars five um which we are uh about halfway through at this point um you know they mixed up they changed the format uh 
which a lot of people feel, it's confusing it is confusing but Thank it's you, also it is a little interesting it adds a it adds a new layer and adds um a new level of tension to the show because now it's like it's not just the top all-star it's not just the winner who gets to have a say it's the it's the entire cast it's the entire all the queens so you know it's like at the at the start of uh, each episode they um pull out all of the lipsticks of um who everyone voted for and it's just a new level of tension watching you know this all be revealed and i don't know it's 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 been kind of like good and bad um but i have found it very underwhelming you need to watch this i did not watch last night's episode because i was watching hamilton and ryan says it, it, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Um, I will say this. Um, if Shea Coulee doesn't win, I, I'm, I, do, I mean, she's doing so well at this point, and I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know any spoilers. I don't read Reddit anymore. I try oh to, like, God. I try really hard so to stay away unhealthy. from spoilers, but I'm a little worried that we're going to see her get some sort of, like, Manila, Shangela, you know, uh, some fuckery um, from producers. She's definitely in a class by herself. Oh, I, I yeah. think she's head and shoulders. And there's some good queens there, but I mean, to put her and Mayhem Miller in the same lineup is ridiculous. Well, and it, it goes back to like, this is something that I used to say a lot when, when they started doing all of the seasons of All-Stars. Um, All-Stars 2 and even All-Stars 1, those seasons, like all of those queens were either like top top three, top four, top five, or had at least won a challenge, like actually was an all-star. And then they started pe- putting people like fucking Gia Gun, Just fillers. Fillers, Jasmine Masters, just like fan favorites, people who, you know, would, would bring good ratings. But as far as like all-stars, I started to see uh, very few actual all-star, uh, all-stars in the cast. Well, and can I also just say, mm-hmm. I love Morgan McMichaels. I know her from San Diego. Yes. I think she's brilliant. But to put her in the same category as the other lip-sync assassins seemed a little strange to well, me. Well, I think, she, I mean, she lives in LA, so I think it was a convenience thing. I also think that um, she's she's Mayhem Miller's best friend. So mm-hmm. I think that they were trying to... Um, See, only Ryan knows that kind of shit. But the thing is, Shay is really... Um, Shay is is really an all star. I mean, she she, she could have won uh, season nine if it hadn't been for some rose petals to fall out of a wig. <laughs> but I think, and and when you watch this episode, um, this this new episode, my board's not working. Oh, Fuck no. shade. Okay, uh, we have to go. But uh, I want to thank Ryan for that fabulous uh, recap and review. Thank and you. Uh, this segment has been brought to you by boobsforqueens.com. I wish. I wish that we had them <laughs> as a sponsor. Um, you guys, it's been wonderful being back with you. We're going to keep doing this, I hope. I'm hoping that New York City does not return to phase one and, and uh, force non-essential businesses to close again. But um, if it does, I'll be back in my apartment doing these naked. I mean, technically, we are an essential business. We are essential. I feel yeah. very this essential. This podcast is essential. <laughs> you guys plug yourself so people know how to follow you. I am at Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. I am at Adam Sank on everything. And some of you don't yet follow me, and I insist that you do. 
Thank you so much uh, to both of you. Next Saturday, tune in to hear another brand new ass with our special. Oh, hello. With our special guest, Stephen Rebello or Rebejo, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. He's the author of a brand new book about the Valley of the Dolls, one mm. of my all-time favorite book and movies. This is the Inside Scoop. Subscribe to this podcast if you don't already at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Nominate us at podcastawards.com. Follow me, me on Twitter and Instagram. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Happy 4th. Black Lives Matter. Trans Lives Matter. Stay safe. Science is real. Wear a mask. Period. Have a great week, bitches. Yeah.